This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Ready, set, save California. It's sellathon time this Labor Day at your California Ford dealer. Get ready for the best offers of the summer on the 2019 Ford lineup, like an adventure-ready Explorer or the all-new built Ford Tough Ranger. Or get behind the wheel of the 2019 Ford F-150 with the power, toughness, and capability to carry any payload. You've waited all summer for these deals, and the wait is over. So ready, set, save. The Labor Day sellathon is on now, but don't wait. These deals won't last. Hurry into your California Ford dealer before it all ends September third welcome back in you were listening to the october 19th 2018 episode of the fantasy football mailbag word of his podcast dedicated to answering your fantasy football questions I'm your host, Jeremy Hart, at Fantasy Gumshoe, and joining me today on the show is Rotoviz Emeritus, if you will, a fantasy writer and analyst for all the sites like Roto-Grinders, Roto-Wire, Fantasy Insiders, and others I'm sure I'm missing. He helps fill the cast in the Swole cast and the Gill cast over at the Grinders of Roto, and of course his own show, the Take Cast, one of my faves every single week. If you like sports, nonsense, and all things under the sun, which can generally be deemed evergreen check them out that's also at take cast that's t-a-e-k cast on the tweets welcome to the show my man davis maddock at love a good deal sail into the season at banana republic factories mega labor day sale entire store 50 to 70 percent off dresses from 1999 polos from 1699 find your nearest store or shop online only at banana republic factory davis maddock m-a-t-t-e-k on the tweets davis my man what's good a lot is a lot is good. With beautiful, beautiful time of year, we got uh, we got football full swing. We got NBA, we got NHL, we got the fall golf swing season, EPL. Every everything's going right now. Beautiful time to be someone who likes sports. Oh, it's a beautiful time. I mean, EPL is back in the swing. I have been dying to get back in those head up. Uh, and, and I this is a football show, Davis. So I'm not even supposed to say this, but there, there's NFL DFS, right? Which is highly Amazing. Okay. And then there's NBA DFS, which a full slate of games we got last night. It was lit. I got to soften the blow from my mistakes I made in NFL weekend DFS here. So, I mean, we're just living the dream now. I mean, NBA DFS, there is no better sports product on the market, period. No, it's, uh, I mean, it's a lot of work, especially with late swap now. I, uh, I got burned. I got burned last night, uh, not using late swap to the full of its capabilities because I fell asleep at like 845 <laughs> like an old man. You know, it, it happens sometimes, but, uh, I am very glad to have NBA back. 
It's a beautiful thing. We're going to be answering all the questions for the week uh, regarding player and team outlooks, dynasty slants, DFS rants, you name it. But, uh, you know, before we dive right in, Davis, I I alluded to some of the mistakes that I made this week. And, I mean, I am still tilting over some of the just awful mistakes we've made. And I know you guys, because I'm a listener of the show, touched on this a little bit on the Gilcast as well. So I want to do a quick review for RV Nation out there. Uh, DFS for me and just some of the things that we kind of succumb to here in short from a leaky process perspective here. So the first one I'm going to touch on is recency bias here. And let me know your thoughts. Latavius Murray here, he he just shit the bed last time we used him. All week long, we didn't have Latavius Murray. And then Sunday morning, we get news Delvin Cook is not going to play. And I look at Latavius Murray, and I'm actually comparing him to one Tevin Coleman, which we'll touch on in a second as well here. I, I may as well lump these two together here. And I just I didn't go to Latavius Murray, despite the fact that he was priced like a backup. And so that kind of leads me into cognitive bias with Tevin Coleman. I was admittedly uh, all week long on him, and then I started to kind of talk myself into him. And then, of course, we got the narrative that, that spun where, you know, Edo Smith was coming in the red zone, right? But it was actually Tevin Coleman just coming off the field because he was exhausted. The data shows Edith Smith in the red zone, and I, I just kind of I bought into the narrative and it was one of those things like sure he could have cut him off and, and been exhausted but they also just could have been him being exhausted and they're still bringing in Edo Smith regardless so I should have just trusted the data there so that was cognitive bias it was almost like OBJ college SEC opponents it, it was like the data nugget that we needed to to continue to make the bad decision uh I mean you know, I don't know if playing Tevin was overall bad. The thing that was bad about playing him, I guess, was just that he's not truly that involved as a receiver anymore. Not not playing Latavius, though, hindsight analysis, that's what I feel the worst about. Just like, it, it just felt like an easy spot, and it, it, was, it was honestly dumb not to play him, especially because to get the running backs in that I got, I played, you know, idiot Maurice Harris, and... <laughs> That's that playing Maurice Harris is definitely the thing I feel the worst about. It's it's so bad. What the frick were we doing there? So there was recency bias there with Maurice freaking Harris because it worked with us for us, you know, with the three K wide receiver the week prior. And this one was sketchy AF, right? And I mean, it was almost like a series of unfortunate events because you stayed on Kevin, I stayed on Kevin, uh, Tevin, didn't go down to Lat Murray. Um, so then the Bears defense, you know, news with Brock Osweiler comes right, out and, and jamming jamming the Bears defense in. Actually, of all the so decisions fish. I made last week that led to my lineups being bad. The the decision to say you know what got to pay thirty three hundred dollars for the Bears defense <laughs> that was the, that was the worst choice and I mean I'm in a slack of choice saying I do not want to go because everyone is going into the Bears D I just don't want to make this I'm fine on the Cowboys with the way the roster is right now and then I end up just you know I, I don't want to get burned by the Bears D I know they're going to be chalky so just damn it I'm going to go ahead and slot them in so you move the Bears D and then you you know you end up on Maurice freaking Harris and then you end up on Jarvis Landry and then you, you shit the bed across across the board so not great Bob not great Jarvis was like, uh, he wasn't a must play for me. He was definitely a want play. And, uh, I mean, he got the targets and, and really just what happened was Baker just played horrible. Like Baker just had, he had his worst game as a professional quarterback. And, and that's really kind of what burned, what burned Landry as a play. The plays I feel bad about are not playing Murray, playing Maurice Harris and, uh, and jamming in the Bears D. Just not, just not overall a sharp week from me. 
Yeah, I'm I'm right there with you 100% across the board. We live, we learn, we move on. Uh, right now, in, and before we get into the rest of the show sheet, it's seemingly another, uh, well, early in the week it seemed like a fugly slate of games here, but uh, the ball breaker on DK, Todd the Gurley, is now under 10K. Of course, DK is, is pretty much just playing psychological games with us right now. It's no longer five digits, and uh, so, you know, he was probably 20% ownership, 20 to 25% ownership last week. He's going to be upwards of 35 40 now because of A, how he did last week, B, how people got burned by not using him, and C, where else are you going this week? Am I right? Yeah, he's gonna be he's gonna be the uh, the hard chalk this week, and I don't have any argue like he's the he's the top overall play on the board. Probably some value in not using him in tournaments, just because if a guy's gonna encroach like 30, 40, 50 percent ownership, there's got to be some value in in not taking him. Well, we're going to talk about taking Todd Gurley or not, and uh, also potentially whether or not is it Kelvin Benjamin week. Um, but you're going to want to take a look at everything else that we have for this upcoming slate of games this weekend. Get over to Rotoviz. There's an NFL pass for you for just a 30% discount. Just go to the NFL Podcast homepage at rotoviz.com slash podcast, and that subscription gives you unlimited access to all of our premium NFL content. And, oh, by the way, it supports this very pod. You can also support the pod. Subscribe to and rate the Rotoviz radio channel on iTunes. If you're a fan of the show and you want to sub directly to the Fantasy Football Mailbag feed, do so. It takes hard work getting the show out every week. Do us a solid and hit that rate button. You can also support Rotoviz Radio Network in our 10 shows per week over on Patreon. It takes a lot of hard work getting every single show produced and out the door for you. So gain exclusive access to Rotoviz Live, our weekly Sunday morning video show answering all of your fantasy football questions. Whatever you got, we got them for you. And Patreon ships just start at $5 a month. What do you paying for five dollars a month these days folks i mean unfortunately at least once this week i already paid five dollars and 30 something cents for a stinking ice caramel macchiato from starbucks for crying out loud like i can get more value out of this patronship from rotaviz live so get on over there patreon.com slash rotaviz radio and last but if you uh have any questions you want answered on this show just email us we're here for you rotaviz radio gmail.com we'll get them on this show sheet and get them answered for you as well all right, Davis, let's fire up the QQs for the week and dive right in. Here we go. Redraft PPR. Hey, Gumshoe, I'm wondering about uh, wide receiver bylaws at this point. Every site, understandably, has guys like Keenan Allen, Odell Beckham Jr., uh, DeAndre Hopkins as bylaws based on expected points now versus going forward. But how much of this is just in part due to the change in game and scheming versus the new rules in general? Should I really be targeting these guys or should I just target the Tyler Boyds of the league and potentially just get a net net return? What say you? Well, the no- the number one highest by low has got to be Jarvis Landry. I sent out trade offers for him in every league that I'm in this week. I, I have a lot of Jordan Howard. I During draft season, I was like, he has the biggest potential of all the second, third round running backs to go full Todd Gurley, which basically means, you know, he's going to start seeing five targets a game, get the goal line carries. And for three weeks, I felt pretty good about it. He was getting the highest target percentage of his career. Tariq Cohen wasn't really involved. So right now, I'm looking to get rid of Jordan Howard and trade for Jarvis Landry. Corey Davis is another guy that I am buying on right now, even if even if it is kind of a buy high in terms of his target share. Those are two wide receivers I'm looking to make moves for this week. 
Yeah, no finer week to get in underneath Jarvis Landry here with the matchup coming in. So uh, definitely sharp takes there. Uh, in agreement across the board. I mean, I don't think you're, you know, the, the question specifically asks about Tyler Boyd of the league. I don't know what other tiers he's talking about here. Um, but, I mean, you know, you're not going to get Tyler Boyd on the cheap at this point. I, at least I don't think so. So, yeah, I like the other guys as well. But, I mean, if you can take a step down to the Jarvis Landry, I, I like Davis's take there as well. You can definitely get him for, I'd say, 60 cents on the dialer there compared to the other folks here. Uh, redraft PPR, I'm in a deep league, and I'm starting uh, Antonio Callaway this week. Uh, am I starting Antonio Callaway this week for this versus the Bucks? And I also just scooped Jermaine Curse off the wire. Which one of these do I start, and what is this world coming to? I mean, you start Curse, but there's no reason. Like, Callaway might just be a bad player, but they don't really have another option on that team in terms of, like, distribution of targets, and they're likely going to have a high pass volume offense this week. So, like, I think Callaway is, like, a buy super, super low. Like, if you can trade um, Jordan Wilkins, like, for for him, something like that, just, like, a total nothing on your roster, I think there's a chance that Callaway can be, like, a low-end wide receiver three the rest of the way. Yeah, I mean, he's getting all the targets in the world, and we can say he's just bad at the game or bad at football or whatever whatever tag phrase we want to use at this point. But, I mean, until the production or at least the target distribution and the air yards is not there, I'm going to say you have to keep going back to the well there. Uh, with the end, Jermaine Curse here, and just uh, I don't think we have this on the show sheet here. I mean, I've already, you know, Jermaine Curse on DK here is pretty much borderline locked into my cash games at this point. A little off the show sheet here. I talked to about it earlier here. Jermaine Curse, Josh Reynolds did not practice in full. And then we've got Calvin Benjamin at 3.5 coming up here with Derek Anderson back in the mix. I I don't know how I'm not starting Curse and Calvin on DK this week. That way I can fit the fit the oodles at the top of the tiers. What say you? Well, I think Josh Reynolds is definitely a better play than Benjamin is. I, I'm not really interested in Benjamin. I would like to go the full season, um, 17 games on DraftKings without playing one Buffalo Bill. That's <laughs> probably that's probably a winning strategy if we're being honest here. Now, I will say that I mean there's a lot of history with K, uh, KB and DA will say, and you know they, they do have I guess you know whatever you want to say. This is not data driven. Now they do have data under their belts. It's a small sample size, but one could say there's some chemistry between the two of them, and um, you know they got the matchup coming up. Uh, versus Houston. So I'm with you on Reynolds. He's got a hand injury, though. I don't, does that concern you at all for a receiver? I don't know what to think about the hand injury, how bad it is. He had a partial practice, so I guess he's going to end up being fine. But I mean, you know, Cooper Cup's already out. They're going to need somewhere to distribute the ball. So it's tough. I I think it's close between Reynolds and KB right now. That's kind of where I'm at right now. Well, one of them plays for the best offense in the NFL, and one of them plays for the worst <laughs> offense in the NFL. And, and uh, you know, maybe that's not a super data-driven take, but I guess the data behind it would be the Rams' base set is three wide receivers. They run it like, uh, I think, 95% of their snaps. They're in 11 personnel. And so I just, I just don't see any way that if Reynolds, like, for example, if Cooper Cup was, what, 3,300 on DraftKings, 3,600 on DraftKings, like, I, he would be the number one play of the week. You'd have him in 100% of your teams. And I don't think there's anything that really makes Josh Reynolds, like, a bad player. He has a good prospect profile. Mm-hmm. He's pretty athletic. The team, the team actually was prepared to use him in what is now the Brandon Cooks role when they let, uh, when they let 
Sammy Watkins go. They were ready to give that job to him until Cooks came on the market. Yeah, apparently every once in a while, New England just gives players away because, because, I don't know. We'll move, we'll move on from there. Uh, duly noted and uh, points well received. Davis, what are your best and worst purchases you've ever made? The best purchase I've ever made was my robot vacuum. I have a, I have a, a D-Bot. Uh. And it basically just all day runs around and cleans the floor of my apartment so that I do not have to sweep or swiffer <laughs> or do anything easily. The best purchase I've ever made. It's, it's not even close. And, and how about on the other side of the coin there? The worst purchase I've ever made. Uh, I once bought a Mike Morse Seattle Mariners authentic baseball jersey for like $170. Because I was like, I it was back when Morse was just this awesome right-handed slugger back in the the heydays of MLB DFS, and he I had him on my team one week, and he just absolutely smashed, and I bought uh the hand stitched Mike Morse jersey, not yeah. a great purchase, if probably worn it twice. If there's any worse purchase, it's always a football jersey with the player's name on it. Nothing works out the way you want it to. I'm still sitting on Cutler jersey and a Russell Wilson jersey. Like, these just hang in my closet. I don't do anything with them. It's not like I wear them or anything. And, uh, you know, I, every so often, Davis, I get the, the notification on whether it's Groupon or Amazon to get some sort of little, uh, you know, robotic vacuum. And I never do it because I'm worried my little two year old is going to run around and just break it, throw it into the wall or something, you know, but I really, really want to. I, I want to say, Davis, that this is a millennial thing, but I can be lazy AF too, and I have to be because I have all these children running around. Like, I really need this robotic vacuum. So if it's the D-Bot that you got, I think that's the one I'm going to get. As long as there's I mean, a warranty it's, it's from like legit. It's like legit. I have a dog, and I have hardwood floors. So before we got the D-Bot, like, there was just dog hair all over my apartment, and we could sweep, and we could mop, <laughs> but it just it never goes away. But since getting the D-Bot, the, the dog hair problem has really faded away. I'm t- it's like, especially if you have a dog, it's like a legitimately life-changing purchase. Yeah, yeah. I I, I got to get in on that. Got to get this Cheeto dust off my floor here. Uh, DK Cash Games, where should I start this week? Do I really trust Baker Mayfield given the matchup with Drew Brees only $300 cheaper given the bad matchup? But I can also go down to Flacco or even Trubisky. Thoughts. There's a there's another name on this question. I it was not brought forth. So where's your head at right now with this? Right now in my shell, I have Breeze, but I also played Breeze at the Giants in cash that week. And uh I mean outdoor Breeze is legitimately a different player. They run their offense differently, they call different plays. Uh Mark Ingram is in there around the goal line, and this Taysom Hill thing is not going away. They mm-hmm. really actually are using Taysom Hill like a straight up real player which is, um, you know, I mean, kind of frustrating. And uh, I, I, the, my main thing I would have to say is I just really wish Andy Dalton was on the main slate because I would, I would just be jamming Dalton in. It would just not, I, wouldn't even, I wouldn't even be thinking about it. A few weeks back, I had to prove a point and use Drew Brees in my cash games when it was, not, it was unnecessary, given the other options that we had on the slate. And this is when he was on the road against the Giants. And, and now Ingram's back, and they're facing 
probably the best defense in the league on the road. And I love the price. Don't get me wrong. I just, I don't think I'm going there. You're going to call me crazy here, but I mean, I'm going back to my roots, which is where we were last year before quarterback play was also crazy. But I mean, CJ the beat hard, my man, 4.8. He's only 4.8 versus a bad D in a high total game. I mean, you know, you're going to slot Gurley. And so anytime Gurley's not on the field, you're going to have Bethard coming back on, on the other side and I think you know 4.8 when we're trying to jam in Gurley you know I don't see how you don't just pay up for Thielen at this point Uh, I I think it really opens it up for cash games and my how crazy am I that this is the way I'm more than likely going to end up going I mean I don't think it's crazy like sir like uh, in general quarterback scoring is so flat that it's hard to ever like truly make a bad quarterback play. I think someone that people are going to overlook though is Carson Wentz for 6000. Mm-hmm. He's adding like just a little bit of rush equity, like maybe like a point and a half of rush equity and also because Alshon Jeffrey was not involved in the preseason draft process, we didn't see him. You know, every update we got about him was negative. I think people are underrating his return to the lineup. Alshon Jeffrey, when healthy, top 12 NFL wide receiver, both real, like both for fantasy football and in terms of like what he does for an offense. He's he is the most underappreciated wide receiver one in the NFL right now. People just do not realize how good he is. Yeah, I'm with you there as well. And let's let's stay on there real quick. We'll just riff a little bit here. As long as we're talking cash games here, I mean, David Njoku is the lock of all locks in that spot here. But, man, Zach Ertz, every single week, like, I just, I'm tired of not using Zach Ertz. And I, I want to go there, but it's almost like if I end up using him, I have to dedicate my flex spot to him because I know I also want to use Njoko. So what what are your thoughts on Ertz this week? Because, I mean, he's one of the, you know, if you take a look from a from a, from a positional perspective, you know, Gurley in the RBs, Thielen in the wide receivers here, and then Ertz in the tight end. I mean, if there's ever, you know, a lock of all lock to get you 20 points across each position, these, these are the dudes. I actually think, like, Ertz is, like, not in play for me in cash at all because we're paying up for Gurley this week and maybe trying to get Thielen in as well. Someone who obviously is going to go under-owned because people, like me, just think he looks washed. But Gronkowski is having, like, a bad year and is still a top-10 tight end. I think this is the lowest his salary on DraftKings has been in something like two and a half seasons, and he has not scored a touchdown yet this year. So I don't, or he's not scored a touchdown in five games. And I just, you know, I don't, I do not see that trend continuing particularly. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, did I ever think the day would come where he's only 6K on the site and I don't want to use him? I, the challenge I'm having though is, you know, I can get up to Ertz if I want to pay up or I can just go down to Njoku and it, it could bite me in the ass. So that's why he's a GPP target for me. But I mean, I just can't pay 6K for a right tackle given the fact that they're clearly, you know, just bringing him, holding him back to, to, try to salvage any pocket they can for Brady right now. And and they got the pass rush of the Bears coming up. And I know they had a down week against Miami, but they still got Khalil Mack for crying out loud, right? So I just I don't see the Bears specifically as the matchup where they're going to be able to unleash Gronk, but shit, I could be wrong. Well, the worst thing for Gronk is not Josh Gordon, it's not Chris Hogan, it's not any of those guys. The worst thing for him is Michelle, because Michelle has been a really good rusher now, three weeks in a row, Mm -hmm. but... He can't, he can't pass block and they're not, I think he's only ran like 24 routes the last three weeks or something like that. So really Michelle's presence and they're like, they're like, look, we 
we paid a first round pick for this guy. We're going to use him. Michelle being there has been, uh, it's been really bad for Gronkowski's value. Yeah, that's a great point there. It's a, it's a type of game script we're not necessarily accustomed to seeing from, from the Pats there. So yeah, I'm, I'm with you there across the board. Uh, the next one we got here, Davis, PPR redraft. I won the Edo Smith waiver war, though I'm not too proud of it. Do I sell him now that I got him and just wait for De- Deontay Foreman? Uh, no, <laughs> no, start him, start him. He's, he's a lock, lock it up. You, you picked a starting running back off your waiver wire. You should be proud. Uh, it, it was almost like that pierced my heart when you say you picked up a starting running back because it's true and, and it hurts. I mean, we don't see all the usage between the twenties here, but where it really counts, that's why I'm still like, I, can I really start him though in a seasonal perspective? I think he's, He's fine. I mean, he's going to be in the high leverage interactions there, which is very important. I just, I mean, you know, I think he's a flex play, but if you need a flex play, he's a good one. No doubt about that. I mean, he's got the, he has the Freeman role and, and Coleman's just staying in his same role. Yeah. Yeah. Because apparently this is just, you know, I'm going to go all conspiracy theory. They're really just trying to keep the asking price down on Tevin Coleman so they can actually be the ones to re-sign him at a cheaper price because he doesn't have all these touchdowns under his belt. Is that what's going on? I think that's what's going on. I think that they, I think that they just like the way, I think they like the role that they have built for all these running backs. And we see this happen all the time and the public is always surprised by it. But when one running back goes down, we expect the direct backup to, you know, to just take over all the work. But teams like to keep these running backs in, in roles. They don't like to use, like, I mean, how many teams at this point are really only using one running back? The Rams only use one running back. Um, the Steelers only use one running back. Are there is? I mean, honestly, I don't even know off the top of my head. Is there another team that only uses one running back? No, I mean, I would have added Cincinnati, but apparently oh, oh, we had da- to make... Dallas and Carolina. Oh yeah, yeah, Dallas, fifty percent of plus uh, for Zeke there. I would have said Cincinnati as well with Joe Mixon, but apparently we got to get the backup on the field more. Uh, uh, well, well, and Geo Geo is hurt right now, but my assumption would be that when Geo comes back and is, like, fully healthy, my assumption would be, like, 20% of snaps for him, which is meaningful because those are going to be receiving down snaps. Yeah, absolutely. All right, Davis, if you had to become an inanimate object for a year, what object would you choose to be? Um, A golf club, like a like a sand wedge, and just, like, of, of like, a really good golfer. And uh, hopefully I could use that to, like, learn something and uh, and take that with me. That's pretty. That's pretty remarkable. This is the first time we've gotten a uh, golf club. So uh, nicely done. I would say that's a hashtag brand answer there as well. The only thing I we have to know is which golfer's club is it? Brooks Kepka. I would like to be Brooks Kepka's like four iron, just because that's got to be an experience like any other. <laughs> can't can't just like you can't duplicate that. <laughs> All right. Redraft PPR. Can you talk about the Indy and Chicago backfields? I was high on the Heem Hines all offseason, but Indy clearly wants Marlon Mack to be the guy. In Chicago, though, is there more chance for Tariq Cohen to actually be taking over the lead role and Howard being more situational? You kind of alluded to it early on in the show, Davis. You were higher on him. We all expected a little bit more because, well, quite frankly, the coaches told us to expect a little bit more, but now the coaches seem to be a little bit more on board with the with the TC there. So 
the just by nature of how big Tariq Cohen is, Jordan Howard is going to be playing snaps all year long. They're they're not going to they're not going to start giving Cohen seventy percent of the backfield snaps. It'll be close to a fifty fifty split. And some weeks you're gonna feel really horrible having Howard, like last week when he fumbled on the goal line and Cohen looked really good. But there are going to be other weeks when Howard breaks off a couple long runs, has sixteen carries, two targets, and a touchdown. So I'm not panicking on Howard. I certainly. Like, I can't make buy low offers for him in any of my leagues because I have him in every league that I care about. But I, I'm not particularly worried about him. And the same goes for Hines. If you could get Hines for a bag of balls right now, absolutely. Because Marlon Mack has proven to be a pretty inefficient runner over the course of his career. You know, they were giving the corpse of Frank Gore snaps over him. Hines had the dropped touchdown last week. But I don't, I don't think that he's going extinct overnight. He is a good pass catching running back. He ran the fastest 40 at the combine this year. And even though he looked horrible in the preseason, they still, you know, he was, he was, a uh, the main pass catching back from week one on. And I, I think that Hines has a higher ceiling and floor than what he showed this last week. Rotoviz listeners, are your fantasy teams not doing so hot? It's all good, baby, because there's more than enough time to be a winner over at mybookie.ag. Whether you're an expert or a rookie, get on over and see my guys over at mybookie. MyBookie has been in business for years. Their online site is seamless and flawless and has fantastic reviews and their mobile platform is banging. Are you sick and tired of asking for a payout? I just won $600 on a parlay. Give me my money. There is no worry with MyBookie. You ask, you shall receive instantaneously. Look, there is zero reason to take my word for it in a vacuum. Get on over there and check them out for yourself. There's odds on every matchup as well as in-game live betting for all the seasons. Bowl games, you name it. Forget about it. If you want to bet, hey, how many carries is Alvin Kamara actually going to get this week with Mark Ingram back in the fold? Do it. Do it. Gin and tonic. Do it. Join now and my bookie will match your deposit 100%. Just use your exclusive only elite promo code right here. Rotoviz. Yep, you guessed it. Rotoviz. But do not wait to take advantage of this offer. Trust me, free money offers do not last long. Visit mybookie.ag today. Activate your offer. If you're gonna bet, my bookie is the only place to do it. You play, you win, you get paid. Can you dig it? All right, jumping right back in with the Fuck, Mary Kill 2018 Breakout or Breakable Edition, Davis. Here we go. We got Kike, Kiki Kute, Kiki, do you love me, Christian Kirk, or David Moore? Which one of these guys or two does or does not belong? Uh, I'm marrying Kiki, and that's obvious. <laughs> um, I am killing David Moore, and I am laying down with uh, sweet Christian Kirk. Now, you killed David Moore. You have to kill David Moore by default here. But let me just say, I mean, it's it's got to be like a, a quick, painless death, right? Like, I am somewhat intrigued by this guy. I mean, he was a seventh-rounder. He was a no-namer. Like, even if you try to write 
or find some some scribe about one David Moore at RV. Like I'm surprised, Davis, that we didn't have somebody as you know looking at David Moore here a couple years back to now. Um, you know, just as a small school guy, you know, he didn't have a phenomenal production profile as a prospect here, but he was high enough. You know, it was just under 40% dominator rating. Of course, you know, if you go over to player profiler, you see him incredibly high on the spark factor. And, you know, just from a depth perspective or lack thereof, I should say, in Seattle, there, there was certainly room for a guy to kind of jump the, 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 the runs of the ladder, so to speak here. So do you, you know, at least from a dynasty perspective here, do you, do you buy into him a little bit given his new kind of role in the offense? Or do you think maybe he's just picking up slack short term because of injuries and whatnot? No, Dynasty, I'm totally cool with him, but uh, that whole Seattle offense is just going to be bad until they fire Brian Schottenheimer. <laughs> the The anecdote that I like to, to give out is that he had, you know, he had Sony Michelle, he had Nick Chubb, he had a quarterback whose name I forget who got drafted, and um, one, of the, one of those Georgia wide receivers who's always good, and they were like 89th in offense one year when Schottenheimer was the offensive coordinator. At Georgia, like like he just he just is completely out of touch with what it takes to win in the NFL now. Uh, it's just it's just amazing that we keep wanting to get these guys fired that literally just got these jobs because the NFL is awful, just absolutely awful. Well, hopefully, Davis, if you were given full reign to redesign the food pyramid, that would not look awful. So, what would the Matic food pyramid look like? Well, my food pyramid, basically the bottom row would be pasta. It would, I, I eat like chicken and noodles for dinner like four days out of the week. I have this like <laughs> nice little, there's like an Italian grocer in my neighborhood and I get, so all the noodles and sauce and stuff is imported from Italy. Uh, the second tier would just be steaks. The third tier, the smaller tier would be fruit smoothies and the top tier would be just like total, to like like toaster strudels, like gross breakfast food. <laughs> toaster strudels are highly underrated, and fruit smoothies are highly underrated. I cannot take my daughter to a soccer practice, and because of course they got concessions there. It's an indoor complex right now, and there's zero chance I can get her out of there without getting a fruit smoothie. So like, if I'm getting one for her, how do I not get a fruit smoothie for myself as well? And they've got like a mango peach. I don't know why the frick they have the mango peach there on tap, but they also have the strawberry banana like can you ever go wrong with the strawberry banana smoothie no never strawberry banana smoothie probably consumed by me five days out of the week you just like it's just it's so easy and it's like it obviously is better than eating you know pork rinds or whatever <laughs> but i don't know <laughs> somehow we got a comparison between pork rinds and and strawberry smoothies so if, if there's anything that you're getting on this show rv nation that you're getting nowhere else that's what you're getting right here well pork pork rinds are actually like a little bit better for your constitution than potato chips they have less preservatives in them and it's like more of a whole food than uh than potato chips are like that's a real thing yeah, 100%. And I will say what is kind of depressing is when you start making smoothies without like yo plate yogurt and you start using like almond milk, like you can still start to make it taste good, but it's still an acquired taste to make a healthy. I'm team, I'm team almond milk. I, I like limit my dairy exposure as much as possible because I just think it's gross. Like I don't drink milk at all. I think, I think milk is like the worst substance would not, milk would not be on my food pyramid. 
Yeah, I'm with you there. I'm starting to get into almond milk more. Um, I use a protein shake every day. I am now using vanilla unsweetened almond milk. Maybe I can get rid of the vanilla one day, but it's still an acclimation period, right? And I'm trying to get my kids on the whole almond milk thing, but, uh, you know, at least with some strawberries and bananas and almond milk in a bowl or something, you know, minus the, the four spoonfuls of sugar my mom used to put in that bowl for me when I was a kid, but, uh, they, they haven't bought in yet, you know? What are you going to do? What are you going to do? Uh, redraft PPR, start three of these five, Davis, Jarvis Landry, Kenny Galladay, TJ Yeldon, Tyler Boyd, and the aforementioned Alshon Jeffrey. God, how how is your team this good? <laughs> well, and you look at this round by round, too. Like they, from a Man, it makes pers- total sense. Yeah, and I didn't do this. I didn't accomplish this. So good job on you out there because, yeah, I, I did not make this happen, period. I guess you go, you go Landry, Yeldon, and and Boyd Jeffrey gets Jeffrey gets sat this week against against the Panthers just because Boyd's in such like a a nut spot. Yeah, yeah. Um, boy, yell. Uh, I want like you have to use Yeldon because of the usage here, but um, I I, I want to go Kenny G here. I just I just can't. You, you got to go with the four shank for sure thing in in targets and usage. And then yep, that's Yeldon. All right, redraft. Is there any truth to the Amaru? I wrote Amaru. Uh, hashtag spellcheck. Amari trade rumors, and if so, why? But in general, what would this team? Uh, what would this mean to the rest of the pass catchers who would gain the most value here in Oakland? And can you share your thoughts on something called a Damian Ratley for the short term? He definitely doesn't look like anything I want to invest in dynasty. But again, what about short term? Didn't Ratley just get put on the IR? Did he really? Did he just get? I missed that one. Hell either well. either he did, either he did, or I'll, I'll look it up right now. Either he did or Willie's did. One of the two. Willie's, one of the two is hurt. Willie's did um, before last week, right? Like he broke something, and that's what made room for Ratley. Ratley is the one. Okay, Ratley, who, Ratley is fine. He's healthy. That was my bad. Yeah, no, he's the one that actually out targeted Landry I don't know if he out targeted him but he outperformed him like he's the one that got all the pat the pass catches which I, I don't know what to make of that I really don't I'm probably not making much of it because I don't think like he's he would clearly be fourth in line for targets if you went Landry and Joku Callaway he, he would be fourth in line but I mean maybe in like a deeper league like 14 16 teams whatever uh in terms of the Amari trade rumors yeah Definitely, there's some truth to it because Gruden just has no clue what he's doing. He, he's so <laughs> lost, and he's just like looking at these guys, and he's like, "Well, Amari's not doing anything." And really, the problem comes down to like Carr is just playing bad. He won't take any shots, and if you have Amari Cooper, you got to be taking shots to him. Just so bad, just so bad. Like, what is this guy doing? Like, he legitimately thought he was going to be able to come into Oakland and just get. Uh, a couple veterans here and there, and we'll show them. We'll show this league who's boss. I'm going to come back, and you can see, like, he's he's mulling this over in his mind, how he's just going to be, you know, just, just taking the league by storm again, just like the old times. And uh, now he's trading Khalil Mack and potentially Amari Cooper. Just, uh, you know, 10 years, $100 million. You really get your worth there, Mark. Nice job. Nice job, guys. My uh, my gambling lock of the week last week was the was the was Seattle to cover the three and a half, and my logic was John Gruden in charge of planning an international trip for an entire football team. Just felt like felt like the easiest <laughs> spot of the year. And you were right too. I mean, what did they land like the day before from Oakland? Yeah, I mean they they were they were drawing dead to be competitive in that game, and then and then 
they're overseas, like clearly it's a nightmare, and then somehow this report leaks the morning of that they're considering trading Amari Cooper. So it's just it's just like what like the it's the dysfunction there is so unreal. You can't make this shit up. You cannot make it up. I had a couple uh, lineups with Seahawks, but why I didn't use them in cash and just immediately default there, I, I don't know. I really don't know. But maybe there's a Shark Tank app out there, Davis, that could have helped me plan for that. So if you have a Shark Tank app idea to rule all ideas, what would that be? I mean, I had a I had a couple ideas here. One would be an app that would uh, allow you to track everything that you spend across all of your cards without having to input all of like your login information. Like there are apps out there like Mint and um, uh, what's the other one? Truebill that allows you to track everything, but you have to input all of your financial information into it in terms of like logging into your bank account and everything. But if you could just put in your card number and it was like, you know, millennials, they don't like to take five steps to do anything. So if you just put the card number in instead of your actual, like, financial institution login information in, I think millennials would use it a lot more and it would be a lot simpler. I, this is an app that I wish existed. You know, you know what's scary about that, though, Davis? Like, you know, if that idea, if somebody is in a position to be able to take that idea and run with it, with the, the least amount of development possible right now, it's Facebook. Because Facebook... Oh, yeah, they already know everything about you. They're already using API to get into secondary sites and apps because that's what it would entail, right? Like the minute you sign up for for Davis's uh, money consolidation, M MCB we'll call it, MCB app or whatever it is, like that's what you would need is the front end API that boom, you know, we, would you would you like? Yeah, capital? there's like there's like no security there, right? Like that's I mean that's obviously the issue. That's why the app doesn't exist. So I would leave it to I would leave it to someone much more intelligent, much more technologically capable than me to uh, to figure that out. Uh, also, I... the uh, the the upcoming idea that uh, like whatever score app you use, you know, Yahoo Sports, ESPN, NFL, whatever, but would just allow you to bet directly from the app onto you know whatever sports book without without an intermediary, without having to leave the app to go bet on a, a line somewhere else. That's that's I mean the first league that introduces that and allows that that's a billion dollar idea yeah we've had a lot of great ideas on this show but i mean i'm not i'm not gonna lie i would say you probably came forth with the most actionable ideas we've had that are also realistic for this times too so i mean i if it's not out there from a patent perspective you pretty probably don't need to hop on that otherwise somebody out there in the audience is taking your shit and running with it I mean, someone is developing it right now. It's just a matter of permissions with the league and with, like, the stigma around gambling and stuff. 100%. All right, Davis, uh, the slate in general looks a little thin. However, there's clear-cut plays. Uh, you know what? This looks like uh, kind of redundant here. We talked about Todd Gurley. We talked a little bit about um, Ertz here. So give your thoughts on Adam Thielen from a DFS perspective. Um, you know, because of the wide receiver that has now presented itself from a value perspective, I don't see how I'm not just kind of starting Gurley, starting Thielen, and, you know, it, for me it's probably beat hard and, and and curse and then working from there. I mean, how do you not pay for Thielen right now? Yeah, I think Thielen's pretty strong. I'm also I am also pretty heavy on um uh Alvin Kamara this week. Like I, people are kind of worried about his usage and they saw Ingram play well in that uh that Monday night game, but I don't know. Alvin Kamara at 8500 feels 
feels pretty cheap to me, given that uh, from week 7 to 15 last year, he averaged 22 PPR points per game with Ingram in the lineup. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I wouldn't say it's a wrong play. I know a lot of sharp people are going to be on Kamara. I think he's a solid GPP play. I just, I don't think I'm going to land there in cash. Like if I'm going to be in that range in cash, just because there is still some sort of ambiguity in terms of how that target distribution and, and snap distro is going to look, and it is on the road against Baltimore. Like if I am going to take a running back on the road in that price range to pair with Gurley, I'm just going to take the dude that has 50%, um, you know, market share of everything on the team in Zeke. I think that's where I would go. Yeah, I mean, I've I've played Zeke. I think four times already this year like it's just it is hard to fade that usage it I guess for me a lot of it's going to come down to I I didn't even know that Josh Reynolds was dealing with a hand injury like that could be that could change my lineups a lot because I'm definitely not playing Benjamin but I'm for sure (laughs) playing Reynolds just go to KB my man just go to KB oh I'm I'm not doing that (laughs) oh man and and with Zeke uh, going back to the, the beginning of the show like I was so proud of myself for playing Zeke Getting off of Yeldon, the bad chalk, if there was ever bad chalk that week, it was going to be Yeldon, and just making the sharp pivot over to Zeke and making that happen, and it was all for naught because of the rest of the lineup. Like, is there anything more tilting than actually being on a sharp play but being such a donk on the rest of the lineup? That was this last week for me. No, it's uh, that's insanely tilting. Moving on. <laughs> week seven, uh, either or rapid fire. Here we go. Joe Mixon or David Johnson? Uh, you know what, David Johnson, we're going to have on a Thursday. So uh, by the time this airs here, we'll uh, leave it up to you whether or not you made the right choice out there. It's. I mean, it's definitely Joe Mixon. <laughs> it, it is. Uh, I mean, even in a good matchup, we can't trust Arizona to actually go out of their way to script for DJ. They're still just going to run him into piles. Uh, he'll probably have a good game. Despite that, though, uh, Tevin Coleman, the tilt fest, or Tariq Cohen? Uh, I really like Tariq Cohen this week. He has like this massive speed advantage over the Patriots. Yeah, that's a good call there. Definitely outmatching the linebackers. Uh, Stefan Diggs or Brandon Cooks here? Diggs not getting the love because of Thielen. Cooks, um, yeah, he's been injured, and it, you know maybe Woods is the guy that's getting more love there this week. I will go Cooks. Julian Edelman or Allen Robinson? Uh, Allen Robinson should be should be more volume. Edelman's targets have been down about uh, like twenty percent since he's returned to the lineup, compared to like his previous target numbers. He's at like seven and a half when in the years past he's been like nine and a half. Yeah, when it, I was listening to one of the Fantasy Labs Action Network shows, and uh, Ratliff was on there, and one of the things he mentioned, which I did not realize, is Josh Gordon ran as many routes as Julian Edelman last week. I found that yeah, pretty interesting. Yeah, Josh Gordon is a starting wide receiver in that offense now. It's uh, it's coming. It's coming. Here we go. Uh, Eric Ebron or Njoku? Uh, I actually think this is Ebron, and I think most people would go the other way, but the, the volume is locked in to be better in that Colts offense. They are going to throw the ball more times than Cleveland, for sure. O.J. Howard or Trey Burton? Uh, O.J. Howard, actually like him this week. With you there as well, Baker Mayfield or Joe Flacco? Um, oh gosh, this is so, Flacco. Oh my gosh. Uh, See, I was hoping you didn't go Flacco because like, 
Baker was going to be the dude that if I don't use beat hard, I don't know why I keep saying beat hard, Beathard. It's just fun to say beat hard. Um, but if I don't go there, I was going to go to Baker, just given the matchup, you know, but, uh, it, you also get Flacco against New Orleans. And what's Flacco on this side? 4.8 as well? He's pretty dead. Uh, or maybe he's 5.3. I mean, Flacco, Flacco's cheap. He is 5.3, I think, but. I just think that uh, the Ravens' offense has been better than the Browns' offense this year, and his weapons are better too. You know, they have they have they have Michael Crabtree, they have John Brown, they have two running backs who can catch passes, they have four tight ends that can catch passes. Like that, that offense is not bad. Yeah, yeah. Oh wow, here we go. Flacco, Flacco for Flacco. We Kirk Cousins or Jared Goff? Oh, Jared Goff. He's like he's the nuts. Yeah, I you have to just because of the game environment there as well. But, I mean, is there anything more tilting than being a golf owner and Gurley taking everything? Now, half of the time, mind being mindful that, you know, it's coming from golf on the pass. But, yeah, I think it was just recency bias two weeks ago. I mean, Gurley just punched it in from inside the 20 three times when, when it just, you know, if you're a famous owner of golf, you'd rather have Kirk because you know it's coming through the air. Yeah, I mean, it, it's definitely tilting, but just no way Goff doesn't project to be one of the best quarterback plays this week. Like, the 49ers are still playing up in pace, even though they're getting crushed in these games. All right, Davis, take a favorite or popular movie, change one letter in the title. What's the new plot? What's it all about? We're going to take Rounders, and we're going to turn it into Founders. And there's like 19 different ways you can go. It could be a, it could be a, a movie about the Founding Fathers of the United States. Or you get, it could be like a dystopian <laughs> future movie about Mars and like a first calling. There's a lot of different ways that movie can go. I like I like the founders of of the United States, keeping them in the rounders plot. If there was ever a way to make the the founding fathers a little bit more interesting, is <laughs> putting them at a poker table. Like who's going to be the the John Malkovich Russian character, right? Like that's got to be someone King George. You make you make King George. <laughs> yes. Yeah, easy game. Hashtag easy game. I love it. This is this has got to be a movie. Like if there was ever a way to make a parody sitcom type movie about Rounders, uh, and and you know what, John Malkovich would be King George. He just gets to keep the role. One hundred percent. Oh yeah, and he could he could do the accent, but no no problem. <laughs> uh, yep, yep, got to do it. And we yeah, just for Steppenwolf Theater, I think we got to bring in Lori Metcalf and, and give her a part in this one somewhere along the way as well. And Gary Sinise, I mean, we got to bring like, why don't we just take Steppenwolf Theater of old and just give them the the like get get Affleck out, get 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 the demons out, right? Like, let's just give this whole movie to Steppenwolf Theater, and then we'll actually have some talent involved. I can't I can't sign off on anything that doesn't include Matt Damon. He's he he's my all time goat. I love Matt Damon. That's fair. That's fair. All right. Well at least you didn't say Affleck, so we're on to something there. All right, redraft moving on here. I missed out on the indie D sweepstakes. Uh do I start Cleveland versus Tampa or Tampa versus Cleveland? I can also pick up and use ATL and just hope for some Eli implosion. Yeah, I would I would go with with uh, Atlanta before any of those. Definitely do not want a defense in that uh, Cleveland Tampa game. I mean, maybe there's like some. I guess there's probably some pick six potential because those teams will throw a lot. But definitely just wanting to definitely wanting to target uh, defenses against Eli Manning. Yeah, in a seasonal, I'm with you there. DraftKings, it's tough, right? Like it is not for the faint of heart this week. Like, you, you you can never pay up at D, even though you want to. Um, 
Any idea where you're going there? I mean, geez, I mean, Cleveland at like, I think they're 2.4. To your point, you're just hoping for a couple Jameis interceptions. Maybe you go down to Buffalo on the road because you can get a couple luck interceptions. You wanted to use Indy against Buffalo, and you probably still can, but I mean, you know, I. He's a good. We got a gunslinger, so you can probably still get some picks out of Buffalo, maybe, maybe or Indy. But I mean, now it's a lot. No, less they're they're enticing. not near as good. Eleven percent of Nathan Peterman's career throws have gone for interceptions. Just like think about that. Eleven <laughs> percent of every NFL pass you've thrown has gone for an interception. That's 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 pretty bad. That's pretty bad. It's not great. Not great, Bob. Not great. All right, Dynasty PPR, as much as I love the Cleveland pieces and uh, have been rooting for them since Sashi, despite uh, their coaching and management, do I just trade their pieces if I can get face value for them? I'm just losing faith that if and when Hugh gets canned, I'm now trusting Jimmy to bring in the right guys to implement the right system and stay out of the new coach's way. If you could get a really good deal for Landry or Callaway right now, I would totally do it because Landry is going to be on the wrong side of the aging curve for a player of his style pretty soon here. Uh, Chubb, I would hold for sure. Hyde, I mean, I would never own a guy like Hyde in Dynasty anyway, but uh, he's definitely a trade, and Duke Johnson don't own guys like that either, but would definitely trade him, and Baker is like a very clear hold to me. Yeah, you're holding Baker. You're holding Njoku. It doesn't matter what system. Yeah, and jo- Njoku would maybe even be a buy right now. Yeah, if if you can get him. Um, geez, after this last week and now this week coming up, I mean, I don't I don't see how Njoku does not get another ten targets this week. Um, just based on on necessity at this point. All right, Davis, the moment in history you would choose to go back to in time and witness in person. Uh, the money maker final table at the World Series of Poker. Just like, just like to see something. Cause like, if you really think about it, that moment is not only responsible for the poker boom, but the poker boom was responsible for the daily fantasy sports boom. So like my, my whole life kind of owes itself to that moment. Wow. Yeah. That's pretty deep, man. Like it's not just a game of poker that you're talking about here. Like it is literally a series of events that occurred thereafter. Yeah. I mean, because if we didn't have Black Friday, do you, do you think DFS would have ever become as popular as it became? Like, what percentage of the, the DFS grinders that are out there now, even till today, came from the poker industry? Like, over, under, on 30%. I mean, definitely over, and especially, like, the really good players. Like, a lot of the really good players, like, guys that you see at the top of the leaderboards, those dudes were very involved with poker sort of uh, before before DFS came around, and the guys who founded DraftKings, the guys who founded Roto-Grinders, those guys were big into uh, the poker scene. And now when we talk about this this clientele, right, from the poker industry, uh, it, yeah, obviously they, they look at probabilistic outcomes. I mean, that's literally their job. What percentage of them would you say are just out there grinding NFL tape on a week-to-week basis so they can win the big tournaments uh, on DFS? Uh, you know, I don't think that watching tape has a ton of like strict application to DFS. It's like much more of a numbers game and like a game theory sort of contest than it is about knowing like, you know, how often the Arizona Cardinals shade wide receivers to the boundary. Yeah, I'd say about 5%, right? Like they're, yeah, they're, they're just going in there to either validate their, their biases or, you know, their numbers. And it, yeah, it's, it's like a, an either or, I guess. Um, all right, but yeah, I'm, I'm with you there. That would be a solid point in history, and I never, I've never thought about that. All right, Davis, take us out here. Sizzling, smoking, scorching, 
Hot Take Week 7 Edition. Uh, Josh Reynolds scores the most fantasy points of any wide receiver under 5K on DraftKings, and the winner of the Millionaire Maker on DK has Reynolds in their lineup. Ooh, damn it. You know, I, did, I didn't need to hear that, Davis, because I was starting to feel good about not using Reynolds, even though I started out the week with Reynolds. Like, this Derek Anderson news has just turned me upside down. Like, I think I'm about to make some bad decisions. I don't know what I'm going to do at this point. I like, mean, so to play Kelvin Benjamin, you, you're really buying into an offense that's gained, like, 3.8 yards per play. And, like, I know <laughs> this is coming from the guy that played Maurice Harris last week, so certainly I'm not preaching to anyone from on high. But uh, it just overall does not feel like a play I'm really trying to make. Yeah, I I mean, that would be the prudent thing to do is not use Calvin Benjamin. I have to admit that and go on record by stating that. Oh, gosh, man. I mean, if, if anybody is going to come in and at least make Calvin Benjamin, uh, I guess, an asset, if that makes any sense in some way, I think it would be the gunslinger. Um, so I don't know. I'm going to have to give this one some more thought. Out there, you're going to have to give this one some more thought until we air because we still need your $5 to get on Patreon before this weekend. So make that happen. And uh, that's going to do it for this week's episode of the Fantasy Football Mailbag. A wrote of his podcast, and we are dedicated to answering all of your fantasy football questions. If you want to submit them, just email us, wordofhisradio at gmail.com or on Twitter at Rotoviz Radio. Davis, my man, always appreciate the time. Thanks for carving it out. Uh, give us the plugs. Where can we find you? What are you doing? What's going on? I'm grinding a lot of fantasy content. You can find that all if you just follow me on Twitter. I tweet or retweet all the links to the stuff I do, but the the best stuff I'm doing right now is obviously the Take Cast, which has a free feed on iTunes, and if you support the Rotoviz Radio Show on Patreon, you can also support the Take Cast on Patreon and get bonus episodes. I've been doing uh, breakdowns of the showdown slates, both before they lock and talking about mass multi-entry strategy, and then afterward doing a hindsight analysis of the winning lineups and kind of what lessons we can learn from each slate moving forward. And those have been uh, pretty successful. People seem to really like those. Fantastic stuff. Make it happen out there, RV Nation. Get in on that. And last but not least, from a little bit more of a personal note, you know, the only thing you ever hear on these airwaves about, you know, is it's really just me tilting, changing dirty diapers and almost getting out of that phase. But about to get real sun for a second here. Next Friday is going to be uh, the last day for my current employer. The hand that feeds me is no longer going to be feeding me. Look, things like this happen in the business world, right? I've survived organizational changes maybe three or four times in the past and been with this employer for 15 years, actually, starting next month. Um, so, you know, kind of heartbreaking. What are you going to do? So if you're a praying man, if you're a thoughts and feelings type of man, whatever type of man you are, just uh, send the good vibes, send the prayers this way. Um, I know I'm going to be all right. We're going to be all right. Uh, you know, you be there for 15 years, you get a nice little package involved in that. So uh, hitting the, the market for the first time in 15 years. I feel like, Davis, I'm going to be on, like, you know, the old dating game. You know what I mean? Like, I'm doing, I'm just straight doing a love connection from a, from a workplace perspective. It's just going to be awesome. I'm just really thrilled about this. So what are you going to do? What are you going to do? I, I also recently hit the market. Uh, so I, uh, I feel you. I know, I know how it goes. I'm talking to, it's very interesting talking to all sorts of different companies and seeing what they value and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's, it's just, you know, it's, you never think you're going to be back out there on the market and sometimes you just, you end up there and, uh, 
here we are. So uh, get on out there and uh, hit that Patreon ship now more than ever. Uh, we can use it over there. We got kids to feed. But on that, we out ya. I'm Jeremy Hart at Fantasy Gumshoe. Okay, bye. Thank you for listening to Rotoviz Radio. Please review the podcast on iTunes under the Fantasy Football Mailbag or Rotoviz Radio feed. Contact us via email, rotovizradio at gmail.com. We'd love to hear what you think, so follow us on Twitter at Rotoviz Radio and at Fantasy Gumshoe. Tell your friends about us, and do not forget to sign up for a 30% discount through our podcast homepage on rotoviz.com. It's a no-brainer, folks. Thanks for tuning in. Love a good deal? Sail into the season at Banana Republic Factory's Mega Labor Day Sale. Entire store 50 to 70% off. Dresses from $19.99. Polos from $16.99. Find your nearest store or shop online only at Banana Republic Factory. Love a good deal? Sail into the season at Banana Republic Factory's Mega Labor Day Sale. Entire store 50 to 70% off. Dresses from $19.99. Polos from $16.99. Find your nearest store or shop online only at Banana Republic Factory. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime.